Good morning, I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being with us today in worship, whether you're here in person watching uh, from our traditional space or watching online from our modern space joining us or watching online. Uh, we are one church and worshiping in many ways and it's great to be together. A lot of Tar Heels here seem to be happy today. Congratulations to you. Congratulations. Go Kansas. I don't know what rock chalk Jayhawk means, but I'm screaming it on Monday night, Carmen. I am with you. We're in the Christian season of Lent, uh, which is the six-week period that leads into Easter Sunday, which is two weeks away. Uh, we're very excited about that. And during this season, we have a chance to do some self-reflection about our relationship with God. We ask ourselves questions like, how is it with my soul? And so uh, during this season, as uh, Chris mentioned, and, um, uh, and for those of you who aren't in the room, uh, we're talking about uh, a study, uh, Pastor Richard Rohr, who has an idea that in our culture, we're drowning in addictions, that all of us are addicted to something that prevents us from living life to the full. For some of us, it could be alcohol or drugs. For some of us, it could be work. Uh, for some of us, it could be gossip. Some of us, it might be just negative thinking or our ego or our pride. And so something in our life that we're addicted to that gets in the way of us living life to the full, that we're kind of drowning in that. And Pastor Rohr says that, you know, we need to figure out how to breathe underwater. And so he, he says that the 12-step program that helps people who are addicted to alcohol uh, and become sober and become healthy uh, is a biblical model that there's 12 and that they're biblical steps, excuse me, um, and that if we follow those in our own addictions, that, that we can learn something and it might be able to help us battle our own addiction. So that's kind of where we've been. And just to give you a recap, we've been through several of these steps already, but this is where we've been. Uh, the first was that we admitted that we were powerless over our addiction. You fill in the blank there. And that our lives had become unmanageable. This addiction is just causing us trouble. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We can't conquer the addiction by ourselves, we need some help. So we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. God, we need some help. We talked about how we understand God is merciful. God is ready to help us, right? So we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. What's going well in my life? What's not going well? What might I be addicted to? Um, and then continue, step five. We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, right? This is a big step to be able to do that, right? But it also helps us to have someone share the load, right? Help bear the burden. We were entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. We're ready, God, for you to work on our hearts and our lives because ultimately behind our addictions is an addiction to sin, right? To doing the wrong thing, to missing the mark that God has for us. And so last week, we talked about how we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. We can't do it ourselves. We need God's help. And then this last step was a very hard one for us to do. We made a list of all the persons we had harmed, and we became willing to make amends to them all. Right? That's where we left off last week. So if you weren't here, that's okay. You're up to speed now. And just you know, a note on that last step, for some people who've gone through AA and these 12 steps, step eight can take days or weeks or months, even years. It's hard. Think about the people that we've hurt and that we need to make things right with them. So that's where we are today. We've made our list, and now what are we going to do with that list? Well, I don't know if you have been watching the news or paying attention to television or on the Internet, but last Sunday, 
uh, at the Academy Awards where they give out the Oscars, right, for the best movies and best actors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was an incident, maybe you saw that. The host was a comedian named Chris Rock, a uh, funny guy, but he insulted one of the actors who was there, Jada Pickett Smith, uh, Pinkett Smith, and she has uh, a condition, uh, a physical condition that makes her hair fall out. And he made fun of her. He made fun of her hair. And her husband, Will Smith, who is a famous actor, was in the room and didn't like what he heard. And he got up on live television, walked up on the stage, and he, and he hit Chris Rock right in the face. Right? You all saw that? You probably heard about that. Well, I, you know, as we think about making amends, I think there's, there's some lessons from this that we can talk about today. And so I just want to spend some time, and I'm sorry if you've been dealing with it all week, but I think... It's kind of like ripped from the headlines, like, like real life in our lives. But before we talk about that, I just, you know, want to take a step back and remember what Jesus teaches us in the Bible when we talk about other people. He's like, you know, usually we're quick to look at the little small speck in someone else's eye, but we miss the big log in our own eye, right? And so as we think about what these two individuals did on an international television broadcast, let's give them some grace and realize that we also have issues in our lives. And could you imagine that on the worst day of your life where you made the worst decision in your life, what if that was on, on international television, right? That's what happened to these guys. So as we talk about it, let's do so in a spirit of grace. But there are many things that come to my mind that I, I would like to think about in my life. We can't answer all these today, but just some things that have come up in my mind in my own experience. You know, what about violence in the workplace, right? Chris Bedell, who's one of our student ministry leaders here in the church, he leads worship in traditional, uh, he leads worship in our modern service. So if Chris walked up here right now, he didn't like something I was preaching about, hit me right in the face. Right? Would we let him, here he comes, he's ready. <laughs> he's ready to go. Would we let him go back to his seat? Would we bring him back up here later and give him an award and give him a microphone and let him accept that award? I mean, what, what, what's going on in our culture when something like that happens, right? What, what, what's acceptable violence? What, what's acceptable workplace behavior? That happened in your job or, or where you were. What would have happened? That, I'm curious. Like just what kind of a message is Hollywood sending to us that, that something like this happens? And um, it's, it's challenging. And the other questions, too, I have, you know, for like Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, how far do we need to go to protect family? And, and when do we need to step in and, and, and help our family out? Is an insult, uh, you know, a reason enough to, to become violent? Are, are all women damsels in distress that need to be rescued by big, strong men? I mean, that's a question, right? Is that, is that something that our culture kind of puts out there in, in, in the world? And, and then... Will Smith, in, in his words, later said that art imitates life, or actually life imitates art, right? Life imitates art. And I got a little dose of that when I was driving my boys to school a couple of days after this happened, and we started talking about it because it was on the radio. And I had to have a discussion with one of my sons who thought it was funny. And he said, yeah, that comedian deserved to get punched in the face because of what he said. I'm like, really? We need to talk about this. Is that how we behave when someone insults someone in our family? We're going to go punch them in the face, right? So I'm having that discussion with my own family in, in the wake of this. I did like what the actor Denzel Washington had to say. I don't know if you heard that, but he said, be careful in your highest moment. Be careful. That's when the devil will attack you. And that's true, right? This was, Will Smith won 
Best Actor. It's the first time he's ever won an award, an Oscar, right? And on that day, he was attacked by the devil, right? It's true. But also remember, the devil will attack us on our lowest day, and the devil will attack us on our medium-sized days. We have to be spiritually ready for evil that is in the world that's trying to trip us up. And I think the thing that breaks my heart the most is that Will Smith has admitted in his life growing up that his family, his life was full of domestic violence and abuse, that his father used to abuse his mom, and he would slap her around, and he spent his whole life trying not to do that. And in his greatest moment, that's exactly what he became, the person that he was working his whole life not to be. And if you're like me, I've also done that in my life, right? Not hit somebody in the face in front of everybody, but I've become the person that I've worked against being sometimes. Sometimes the worst part of me comes out in my life. And we're going to talk more about that next week, but... That's the part that I really wrestle with and where I think that we need to extend some grace in the midst of this. But today, I'd really like us to think about what it looks like to make amends, to make things right. Um, If Chris Rock and Will Smith were in here and we were having a discussion with them, what do you think they should do to make things right with each other? I've been been watching the news, watching to see what happened, like... How do you make up for that? Right? What would you expect if this was a, someone in your family or someone that you know? What, how do we make things right? I, I have not heard an apology from Chris Rock about the mean things that he said about Jada Pinkett Smith. I haven't, I've not heard that. He might have said something. I, I've not heard anything about that. No apology from him. You know, and there's this idea that if you come to these things, you can be made fun of and it doesn't matter what you say and it's okay because, you know, we're all macho and cool like that. But I've, I've not heard anything from him. And Will Smith, when he got up to accept his award that day, apologized to the Academy, right, to all the artists that, that make up the Academy, but he did not apologize in the room to Chris Rock. Then the next day, he had a polished apology to Chris Rock that went out on Instagram. Uh, And I guess we can all read that and and kind of filter that for ourselves. But later in the week, Chris Rock said he and and Will Smith have not seen each other face-to-face since this time. So it seems like the amends portion of that has not happened. What what do you think would be the right thing for them to do? If someone did that to you in your life, what do you think would be the right thing to do? If someone insulted you or someone in your family in front of the world or someone came up and smacked you in the face... What do you think would be the right thing to do to make amends, right? It's kind of like law and order, ripped from the headlines, but it's real life, I'm having a real conversation with my son. You you don't laugh at this. You don't go and hit someone in the face if they insult your mother, right? So what's the appropriate response? How do we, as followers of Jesus in a world that is very violent or very, you know, there's a lot of retribution, how do we make amends with people in our lives? And again, let's take our step away from Chris Rock and Will Smith to the people in your life that you've hurt how have you made amends to them right that's what we're talking about today we made our list last week we thought about making a list to the people that we've harmed because of the addictions that we have in our lives and right those who without sin throw the first stone we we all have offended in people and hurt people that we need to make amends with so what does Jesus teach us about? I want to bring back a, up a scripture that we talked about last Sunday and just, just come back to this. These are the words of Jesus. And he says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, right, if you're going to worship, 
right? This is the equivalent of going to worship, like we're doing right now. Wherever you are, if you're going to worship, and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them and then come offer your gift, right? Don't come to worship until you've made things right with the people that you've hurt, right? Don't, don't, don't even come, right? God says it's very important for us to make amends to the people that we've hurt in our life, right? Very important for us to do that. I want to look at another passage of Scripture we also talked about earlier in this series where Jesus, again, is t- he's telling a story. It's kind of a made-up story, but it has a real truth. It's about a dad and a son, and the son has asked the dad for his inheritance early, the dad gives it to him and he wastes it, right? He goes out and has wild life, wild partying, and now he's broke and he's poor. And, and he's like, I can't even get a job, right? I, I don't even deserve to be a son anymore, but my dad's servants have it pretty good. And if I go back and beg him, maybe he'll hire me on. I won't be his son anymore, but at least I'll have somewhere to work, somewhere to eat. And so he comes back to his father, and this is what he says to him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He goes back in person and says, I blew it. I made a mistake and I'm sorry. So Jesus says it's important for us if if we've harmed someone and we haven't made amends that we need to figure a way how to do that. And it seems Jesus has the approach of it doesn't need to be a blanket thing. It doesn't need to be something on social media. It doesn't need to go through someone else. It's in person, in person. You go to the person one-on-one, and that's hard. But we talk about Jesus being the incarnation, which means God became flesh and dwelled among us. And that's important. Jesus spent time with people. He broke bread with people. He, he ate with people. He came into people's houses, right? When he healed people, he physically touched them, right? It, Jesus is a hands-on kind of a God. And, and I think as followers, that, that we learn a lot from Jesus. He gives us practical advice about how to live our lives and how to interact with each other, right? It's not like pie in the sky, some kind of theory, right? Jesus tells you what to do. He tells us what to do if we want to live a life that is full. He gives us examples, and here are two very good examples about what it looks like to, to, to make amends, right? And I love the apology of the son. He, he doesn't say, well, dad, if I upset you, I'm, I'm sorry, right? We've talked before about what, what's an appropriate apology and what's inappropriate, like saying, well, if I, if I somehow maybe offended you, I'm sorry, is not an apology, right? An apology is, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and I hurt you, period. Will you forgive me? But that's hard. I don't know about you, but when I read this stuff, I squirm in my seat. The last thing I want to do is go to someone that I've offended face-to-face and say this. It's, it's hard. It, it's easier to ignore it. It's easier to say, you know, send somebody that you know to say, you know, Kyle's really sorry about this, or, you know, send out a tweet or an email or something, but... There's something about a personal apology in person that Jesus mentions it, right? Something for us to think about. But if we go back, I want to show you the so what moment here from the, um, from the steps, right? So we're, we're in the 12-step program, right? This is to the step number nine would be we made direct amends to people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Let's keep that up for just a second, right? So... We've made our list. Now the next step is that we go to them and we make amends. And we've seen already that this is a biblical thing to do. 
Right? But I want to focus on that last part. It, it says, except when to do so would injure them or others. Okay? When we're making amends, we have to remember we're going to feel better when we do this, right? It's going to alleviate some of our guilt. But when we make amends with people, it's not about us. It's about the person. We're going to make them feel better, not to make ourselves feel better. We're going to make them feel better, not to make ourselves feel better. And so we have to be careful how we do that, right? If it's going to injure them, then we got to think about how we're going to do that, right? If, if someone has physically abused you, it's okay if you never be in the room with them ever again, right? If you physically abuse someone, it's probably not the best idea for you to plan to sit down in a room with someone. And you're just, they're not going to feel safe. They're not going to feel comfortable. I don't blame Chris Rock if he never gets in a room with Will Smith again, right? What He hit me once, right? What's he going to do the next time, right? So we have to think about how we want to make amends, right? It's not about us. It's about the other person to make them feel better, not to make ourselves feel better, right? God wants us, of course, to, to come together and 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 find peace but if it's going to hurt them then we have to think about it right a big part of this too i think is timing i think sometimes we're quick to to jump to make amends because we're feeling guilty we want to alleviate our guilt right but a lot of times i think we need to take a breath and pause and pray and say okay god i i'm sorry about how i hurt the other person i need to make it right can you give me some wisdom about when I'm supposed to do that, where I'm supposed to do that, and how I'm supposed to do that, right? It's okay to take a pause and give the Holy Spirit a chance to help us figure out how we're going to do this. Because right? again, it's not about us, it's about the other person. It is about reconciliation between us, but the other person is the primary person. We, we've talked about right, owing a, the person what they deserve, right? They deserve an apology, they deserve amends to be made, but we don't want to hurt them in the process. I think another thing that we can remember is sometimes like when we make these apologies and we make these amends that, right, we don't need to tell them everything in the world, right? We, we don't give, need to give them too, too much information, right? I'm sorry that I hurt you the other day, but you know what? Uh, my mortgage is coming due. I don't have enough money in the bank. I've got real control issues. My wife screamed at me before. I, you, you don't need to know any of that, right? All you need to know is I'm sorry that I hurt you. Because all those other things start to sound like excuses, don't they? I'm sorry, but this was happening in my life. I'm sorry, right? And those, all those things can be true. But we don't need to share all that information. And it begins to seem like an excuse, right? So as we think about this, right, will it do harm to the other person? And, and some people, as much as we want to do this in person, right, maybe the situation is going to call for a, a phone call or a handwritten letter. Right? Maybe not a tweet or, or an Instagram post, but it, it might not be as personable as Jesus has said in Scripture, but if it's going to do them harm, then maybe it is a letter. Or maybe the first step is just a prayer that we pray for them and the ways that we've hurt them. Right? So these are things to think about. But when you get to the point that you're ready to make amends and you put yourself out there, you make the phone call, you go to the visit, right? you write the letter or whatever, if the person's not ready or they reject that, that's okay. You've done your part, right? You can stand with all good conscience in front of Jesus and say, I've done everything that I possibly could do, and now the ball's in their court, right? Because we can't control how they're going to react to it, but we can control how we try to make things right with them, right? It's tough, y'all. I know it's tough, but it's also good. <clears throat> it's good for them, it's good for us, and hopefully it's good to restore the relationship, 
when I was younger and earlier in my ministry, uh, there was a, <clears throat> excuse me, a colleague that I worked with, not all the time, but pr- pretty frequently, um, and didn't like him at all. He didn't like me. Uh, I would characterize him as arrogant, um, full of himself, a know-it-all, and a jerk. And if you were to ask him what he thought about me, he'd say all the same things, right? I'm sure you know people like that in your life, and I'm sure people think that about you in your life as well. We just did not get along. One day we were working on a project together, and we got into a big argument, and it got really ugly, and we just, we walked away from each other, and I was mad, and and a good day or two passed by, and and he called me. I saw it on Call RD, who it was. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm ready, right? You know, I've been thinking about what I should have said to you the first time. Let's go. I'm ready to go. Pick up the phone now, what do you want? He said, hey, Kyle, you know what? I need to tell you that I'm sorry for the way that I treated you the last time that we were together. And he went on to say that his behavior was inappropriate. It was not professional. It wasn't Christian. And he apologized. He didn't make a lot of excuses or any excuses at all. He just said, I was wrong. I think I hurt you, and I'm sorry. Totally caught me off guard. Now, one of two things is happening. One, he is a, a great Hollywood actor that deserves the right, his own Oscar. Or he was sincere, and I think he was sincere. I, to this day, I still remember that conversation. And it, it affected me, right? I saw him differently. We never became best friends, but we could work together better, right? We didn't hang out all the time, but I respected him. And in that moment, right, I was relieved that he had said that. It just, I saw him in a new light, And it also sparked something in me where I just started saying to him things that I was sorry for, right? Because he he touched me, right, in this relationship. I'm like, wow, that's amazing, right? It can work. It can come from unexpected places. It's challenging. But God does some amazing things in the midst of that. So who are the people in your life on that list that you need to make amends to? And what might that look like it's not just Hollywood people who need to make amends right it's every one of us in our own lives right every one of us in our own lives what what does that begin to look like now the next step that's listed here is kind of to help us so that list that we made about the people that we have offended and need to make amends to we don't want that list to grow anymore do we right this is hard enough to do what we're doing and so The next step in the process, step 10, is that we continue to take personal inventory of ourselves and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. We keep an eye on our behaviors, right? It's kind of like, right, we got to be ever vigilant, right? It's not so that we continually feel guilty or we continually feel ashamed of ourselves. Remember that God loves us no matter what. No matter what we do in the future, God's going to love us, right? So we have that safety, right? But we need to be vigilant. Like, what's in my heart today? Right? What, what might be lurking, ready to jump out at somebody tomorrow at work or at school or even in your own house, right? So we, we make this inventory. And the way that Father Roar describes it, it's kind of like mentally can, you can picture yourself like stepping outside of your body and looking at yourself, right? You, you have this conscious ability to do that. And he says this, if you can bring that next slide up, watch yourself objectively and calmly and compassionately. What's in my heart? What's going well? What's in my heart? What, what's lurking there that could be evil or dangerous? What could get me in trouble? Right? We keep an eye on ourselves so that we don't add more names to the list. Right? And I think this is a, a wise thing to do. And, 
And one more passage of scripture. This is from Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. He was a pastor in the first century. He's writing to some Christians who lived in the Roman area. He said, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless groans. As we're keeping a watch on ourselves, we need some help from God, right? Because sometimes we get it wrong. And so don't just watch yourself. Ask God to help you. God, show me what's, what's in my life that could get me into trouble. Show me the things in my life that are dangerous, that could lead me down a path that I don't want to go. God, I don't want to add anybody else to my list from step eight, right? I don't want to hurt anybody else. Lord, show me what's going on in my life to protect me from this happening. So I think that's a logical step. We don't want to add anybody else to the list. So today, again, two steps that we're talking about. Let's see what they are. We may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And we continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. So I'll give you three things maybe to think and pray about doing this week or in the days to come, because I know that this step, these steps could take a long time, right? Depends on how long our list is maybe, but uh, we'll see, right? So uh, if we look at our breathing lessons, right? For each person on your list from step eight, right, prayerfully reflect on whether making amends would be in their best interest, right? It's about them. It's not about you. It is about reconciliation, but them first, right? If there's some action you can take, do it. This is a bold thing. This is what sets us apart from our culture. We have to be better, right? We have to follow Jesus, and we need to make amends, right? We owe people this, at least the effort, right? The honest effort, right? So if you can do it, do it, right? But again, don't cause any more harm. Right? And then to, to the, the daily reflection, to take a, a daily personal inventory, maybe you want to take a picture of this. This is just... Uh, based on a guy named St. Ignatius. Uh, it's a, a neat way to end your day, right? Just think about your day and become aware of God's presence. Where did I see God at work in my day, right? Where was God moving in my work, my life? Review the day with gratitude. What went well today? What can I be grateful for, right? Pay attention to your emotions. Where could I be getting into trouble? What, might, what traps might be laid for me, right, that I need to be wary of? Cho and then choose one feature from the day and pray for it. It could be a positive thing. It could be something that we need to be on guard. Like, I really want to scream at my boss tomorrow. Lord, help me with that, right? What does that look like? And then look forward to tomorrow because you're prayed up. God's with you, right? You've been taking a look at yourself, that sort of thing. And then those of you who are still using the companion journal, we're going to be in chapters 9 and chapter 10. Just go through that this week. Some really good follow-up questions. Getting back to Chris Rock and to Will Smith. Right? You know, if, if they were standing up here with me today, and they wanted to ask your advice, what, what would you like to see us do to make amends, right? To set an example for the world that, that saw us do some very ugly things. What advice would you give them? But beyond that, what advice would you give yourself? Because in your life, you're the main character. You're the main actor, right? You're the one driving things, right? Who in your life have you hurt, damaged, offended, right? Who in your life do you need to take a step to make amends to? And what does that look like on a practical basis? Knowing that God is with you, you're not alone, and that good things can come from this, and we can show the world a better 
example. Think and pray on that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.